Hello and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, what we like to call Tom. I'm your host, Trevor Cummings, and the author of your Tom blog. On this audio version of our weekly blog, we're going to be talking about the article titled Lessons Learned, A Tale of Two Decades. Now, are you guys ready? We are getting to the end of the year. Man, oh man, do you agree with me that 2019 flew by? Sure, you're going to be at a lot of Christmas parties and celebrating and all the things that go along with this time of the season. I think you also have to remember, as we end this year, we are also ending a decade. Next year, we will jump into 2020. Um, That's even hard to say, right? Next year, we're going to have to write that on our dates, 2020. Um, Around this time of the year, you usually you're going to get like a lot of emails um, and it can range in topics from fashion to finance and people are going to recap, hey, what was 2019 all about? Well, you're also going to get emails recapping what was decade about? What did the last 10 years look like? So I wanted to jump in today, and I thought we'd do something a little fun. The, the name of the article is uh, Tale of Two Decades, and I wanted to look at, hey, what did the uh, the first decade of the 2000s look like, and what did the second decade look like? And when you hold them up against one another, um, man, how different are they? So let's jump in, and we'll start here. If you look at the time period from 2000 to 2009, in finance, we call it the lost decade. Wow, that's a dreary title. The reason it gets that name is because it's very rare that the market, when I say the market, I use uh, I use uh, the S&P 500 as a metric or a measurement for that. So it's very rare when the market will go a decade and have a negative compounding return. And honestly, when I say that, I don't think we all grasp like how big of a deal that is. Um, in the article I wrote, hey, if somebody took a million dollars and on January 1st, 2000, they invested it in, you know, called an index fund or something that was getting the representation uh, of an investment return on the S&P 500. Ten years later, they would have opened a statement called the end of 2009. And that million dollars would have been worth somewhere around $940,000. That feels hopeless to go ten years. Ten years is a very long time. Like, pause, take a minute to think about where you were ten years ago what your life was like, what your family was like, what you were doing, what stage of life you were in. 10 years is a really long time. So yes, they uh, that was deemed appropriately the lost decade. The reason that happened is if you look at it, those first three years, 2000, 2001, 2002, the market had three years of negative returns, which that's also very rare. Um, we're talking the market went down 9%. The next year it went down almost 12%. And then the th- year after that, after you thought, hey, man, it couldn't get any worse than this, the market went down 22%. So basically in those first three years, if you were retiring, you saw that part of your portfolio almost get cut in half. Then what happens over the next couple of years? It kind of ramps back. You find yourself getting back to even. And then what comes around in 2007, 2008? The great financial crisis. And you see your money get cut in half once again. So again, deemed appropriately, the lost decade. Now you can imagine if you're an investor that's lived through that, you're going to have some level of stock market PTSD, right? If you're at the dinner table and you're talking to friends or you're kind of recounting your 401k investments, you're going to be talking about how the stock market is a joke, right? Like why would somebody ever invest in that? We have a tendency as human beings to take our experiences, regardless how small the sample size is, and we project that experience as, hey, this is exactly what that thing is like, right? So if you experienced those 10 years, it'd be very difficult to not think that that's what stock investing has always been like. 
when you walk into the new decade, 2010, what we're, we're measuring from 2010 to 2019, um, you're going to be hesitant to be a stock investor, right? And what I did in the articles, I named it uh, the Chicken Little Decade. And I'm sure you guys have heard when you were a little kid, right? You heard the story of Chicken Little. And if not, here's the short recap. Chicken Little is walking around and a bird flies over, drops an acorn, and it hits Chicken Little in the head. Chicken Little looks up in the sky, doesn't see anything, looks around him, doesn't see anything, and comes to this conclusion that the sky is falling. He just got bumped on his head, so he is going to run to the king, and he's projecting this idea that the sky is falling. Now, obviously, for any of us listening, that is hilarious. It's funny. What does it mean that the sky is falling? It's not something that's even possible. But that's what this decade has been like, right? We've all been white-knuckled and a little bit feared, looking over both shoulders, that a possible crisis is coming. We experienced in the last decade the the dot-com crash, which was horrific. And then even more horrific and more violent, we experienced the great financial crisis. So it's hard not to hold those things in our back pocket and bring those with us when we're investing. So this chicken little decade, as I was calling it, it made a lot of uh, people who write newsletters that focus on fear mongering and that are kind of doomsday newsletters, it made them really wealthy. Like people wanted to read that. They felt like they wanted to find someone that would help them get out of harm's way before it happened again. They felt surprised by the experiences of their past, and they were looking for, I don't know, is this too dramatic to say? They were looking for a hero. They were looking for somebody that would sweep them up, help them avoid avoid this uh, train crash in the future. And really, nobody has that crystal ball. But like I said, I'm sure over this last decade, there were a lot of books sold. There were a lot of newsletter subscriptions for people promising you that, hey, I've got the answers, and I'm going to tell you how to get out of the way next time when this happens again. Now, If we really look at this decade, though, and I included a chart in the article so you can definitely go to it, you look over this last decade, and over 10 years, the market never had a drawdown even more than 20%. And there's a mark on the chart where it says the drawdown was 20%, but I think it was like 19.8%. So you went a whole 10 years where the the biggest change in peak to trough was a 20% drawdown. That is an extremely calm decade. Again, when you look at the rates of return over that decade, they were 13.25% almost. That means somebody was compounding at 13% per year over a 10-year period. Compared to market history, that is an incredible 10 years. So I joked in the article, like if you asked Chicken Little in 2010 that if he thought that these next 10 years were going to be compounding at a 13% rate of return and drawdowns uh, no greater than 20%, he would scoff at that. There was no way that that was going to happen. Everything that he had experienced in the last decade, the lost decade, would have told him that that is laughable, right? And I included kind of a funny quote towards the end of the article. I mean, it basically said that that's what market's intentions are, is to make everyone look like fools. And that's where we kind of have to say, okay, you know, what's the takeaway from this? Well, the takeaway is that there is this idea of recency bias. We're human beings and we're fallible right? And we have a tendency to take our most recent experiences and project those recent experiences to make decisions in the future. And sometimes that's a good idea, right? So if, if you see a little kid and they touch a stove and they burn their hand and they're like, ow, right? It's not likely that they're going to go walk over and put their hand on the stove again. So it's kind of ingrained in them this idea that, hey, if I feel something painful, um, that I need to walk away and avoid it in the future. 
the problem with that when you come to investing is that market cycles they don't work in in just ten year periods, right? And we don't always they don't always have a rhythm to them that hey we know from peak to trough or uh, uh, crash to uh, recovery is is x amount of time. It, it, there's randomness in it, right? So we have to be a deeper student of the markets and a deeper student of history to understand that that lost decade was an anomaly. It, it was really unique. Uh, most of us listening to this podcast uh, will never experience a decade like that in our lifetime. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm saying it's not likely. It's not probable that that would happen again. So we have to be careful to not take our recent experiences and turn those into our future expectations. Now, that same truth is for this decade too, right? This decade was really calm. There wasn't a lot of volatility and our rates of return were really favorable. We were uh, compounding at 13%. Again, with recency bias, if you take that, wrap it up, put it in your back pocket, and you expect, hey, over the next 10 years, I'm going to build a financial plan where I expect uh, my money never to go down more than 20%, and I want to compound at 13 or 14%. I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably not realistic. Um, now, does that mean that we know exactly what the volatility will be over the next 10 years or what the rates of return will be over the next 10 years? No, we don't. So what we have to do is we have to look deeper into history. We have to look deeper into your financial plan. We have to look at all the investment options that are available to you. And then we have to take all those factors and build a customized, tailored portfolio to fit your specific needs. And primary of those needs is making sure that uh, your expenses are taken care of and that you don't outlive your nest egg. Uh, and that's why we take our job really serious at fi- as financial advisors, right? We want to not only preserve and protect somebody's hard-earned money and savings, but we also want to grow that wealth and make sure that we fight against things like inflation. So as you walk in and you look at all your emails coming towards the end of the year and you get to hear about this last decade, I encourage you to stretch your perspective even further than that. Spend a little time looking through market history, looking at uh, what the stock market has done through the last hundred years. And that will give you a lot of perspective on both the randomness of it and also the endurance of it. And that stocks are a positive part of your portfolio and a needed part of your portfolio. Nonetheless, I hope we all enjoyed this last decade. Like I said, it was very favorable. We look forward to what this next decade has in store. But rather than look too far into the past or too far into the future, I hope you just enjoy your Christmas and your time with your family. And that's all we have for you this week. This is the last article for Thoughts on Money for 2019. We're going to take a break and we're going to come right back in 2020 with new tidbits and information to help you become a better investor. So I hope you uh, take some time to rate the podcast, uh, leave comments. You're welcome to email me at tcummings at thebonsongroup.com. And until next year, we're signing off. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. 
Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.